and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm Cloud. And joining us once again is Harper. Harper, how are you? Greetings, guys. Doing good. How are you? Fantastic. And we are, we're just going to get right into it. We're in week three of our Berserk coverage. Um, yeah, Harper, let me just ask you one question. What is your Berserk experience? Uh, well, I read the manga a long time ago. I was a, a big fan of the manga until I, I got maybe... I don't even remember how many chapters in before I was just very suddenly taken with the idea that this manga was never going to finish and that I was going to be stuck reading Berserk until I die. And I stopped reading it. Uh, fair enough. Um, it looks like Berserk <laughs> is at its end. I mean, it, it, like we talked about uh, quite a few times on the podcast before, um, it, it has now officially survived the death of its own author, um yeah his, his best friend is continuing it i read the most recent chapter of it uh it was very sad as is a, a typical berserk chapter should be um it, it, it was uh yet another pit of despair for guts and uh what's going on with him but there is an end in sight uh because yeah he the author's best friend said he is gonna do the final arc of the series so I do believe we will get a proper end to the Berserk manga within the next five years. At least that's my own theory. Prove me wrong. I can't, I can't, Jack. I, I have a feeling that it may wrap up even sooner than that now that the creative helm is in someone else's hands. The burden of a dream is something that's talked about a lot in even these episodes that we were just viewing. And I'll tell you something. The creator had quite the dream, and I can only imagine the burden that its fans will place on whoever takes the hell here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be much more successful than, as we talked about before, the Game of Thrones uh, finale. It, it's definitely going to at least have <laughs> a bit more luck in that regard. For one thing, the art is still uh, continues to be fantastic, so I'm happy with that. But yeah, tall order, but I think the bonds of friendship will hopefully... Uh, allow allow this new author to carry on um, yeah. near as well. I, think also, I also think fans are going to be probably a little easier given the circumstances as to like how like the final I guess chapters or the final chapter is being produced because we all know it's not like the original creator original artist and it's like you know a long time close friend who's you know taking the notes and trying to like find a way to like end this story in a satisfying way because like yeah probably realistically if the creator had stayed alive that this could have just gone on you know for decades potentially but now yeah seems like think, it's closing i don't even think in. i don't think even decades was mira's intention i think and again this we're not we can't really get into spoilers because you know malcolm hasn't even seen uh the final six episodes of this own adaptation which as i said before is effectively the prologue of the story but gut guts and griffith's final confrontation is is coming soon within the context of the manga so it was already kind of heading towards that destination so i guess we'll see anyways let's talk about uh this current anime uh so harper uh our previous guest robert was very harsh on this adaptation he repeatedly referred to it as awful and i and i was low-key like oh shit what the fuck did i get myself into by inviting robert on did he did he watch berserk 2016 <laughs> on accident or no he watched berserk 97 and he referred to this adaptation again uh, we respect all opinions here and he he gave 
His, his, <laughs> to be fair, he did view what I consider to be the weakest portion of of this anime. Um, <laughs> but but Harper, what are your thoughts on Berserk Nice? I mean, your general thoughts. Let's, let's say. I oh. think that Berserk ninety seven was put out during the peak of Japanese high fantasy anime. Record of Lodos Wars has a similar structural issue in its original run where it's very front and back heavy. The load-bearing portions of the story are all right up front, and what's in the middle is sometimes very forgettable. Yeah, that's is, a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. For, for me, it reminds me of, like, I'm, uh, I have a writing teacher named Paul Allor. He's a comic book writer. Uh, he's a writing teacher a comics experience shout out um yeah he he always has he has a saying about how um middles are really tough to write and i feel like berserk is a classic example of how like the middle of a story can be very tough to write because <laughs> you want to like you need a you know that middle needs to have like good moments but then you still are trying to set up for the finale like it's easier to write the beginning it's like it's exciting it's new you get to show off this world you get to show off your characters and the end's always exciting because you're like oh this is a big climax big fights big like you know all the all the things i've set up pay off but it's like those setups can be a little tedious at times and i can see how in the last batch of episodes that was the case where it was a lot of setting up for what we were about to get oh if only you knew the setups <laughs> will continue to be set up the amount of time s- passed where this would where this over mm-hmm. continued to be published publicized mm-hmm. written uh, animated whatever word you want to attach to the process it, it would probably go the distance it would still be being made today yeah absolutely um but yeah let's just jump right into it so we're starting with episode 13 we're covering episodes 13 through 19, we're following up with uh, this little Guts and Casca arc where they're kind of stuck in the forest. Uh, they've fallen off a cliff. Casca uh, has revealed her and Griffith's backstory to Guts. And uh, we start off with some good old-fashioned sexism. Uh, Guts criticizes Casca for her weak woman qualities. Uh, he's, he's doing <laughs> that some was wild. That was a wild way to start this match. Yeah. There's a lot of it opens. Like... Yeah, Casca gets a lot of shit for being a woman, where it's just like, Guts is just like, yeah, you weak woman. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what a way I knew to... you guys brought me on board for a reason for this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a very uh, period piece right here. That in such a time, perhaps women would be viewed this way, and such remarks would be made towards them. And uh, it, Historically it was, accurate. Historically as the kids accurate. say, it was very based. Yeah, but also as we're learning the story, you know what Guts is saying to Casca is, is almost like you know the the elementary school kid making fun of the girl he likes. It's kind of in that vein, almost. Yeah, I guess you can say that. Uh, you know, there's a bit of that. Although it doesn't come off of as like playful. Like it's it's think, not. It doesn't feel like flirting. It does feel like you're. You know, it's a very that '90s just like you know. Like I guess see how like it plays into those like. The guys who like who were growing, you know, grew up on this stuff were now in their like fifties and sixties. Uh, you know, talk about like how the new Lord of the Rings show is too woke for them. Um, it feels I like they're 
they're like back here where it's just like they're like yeah remember like back in like when berserker would just like tell a woman she fucking sucks <laughs> why yeah. don't we have that now okay, <laughs> like, you, uh... i think you... as, as we go on these episodes Guts is obviously a much deeper person than that. But oh that's yeah, kind yeah. Of- I, I'm I'm talking about this moment in the show, not yeah. the further arc. Like, because like obviously, like by the end, you know, of this, you know, of this these episodes, like up to 19, you know, it's pretty, cl- you know, it's pretty clear that um, you know Guts does have feelings for Casca, and then Casca's, you know, has this like loyalty to Griffith, who fucking sucks uh, as a person um griffith uh, um but anyway so this episode i i kind of anyway, want to anyway. <laughs> i kind of want to jump yeah. into this episode just so we can move on to the more interesting stuff this this has the return of who i'm going to call dr eggman his real name is adon but he's voiced by uh the longtime voice actor of dr eggman who it turns out is in the manga i was so confused because they had given him so many filler uh, filler scenes in this adaptation and i was you know again listen to the previous two episodes where i'm constantly confused if he was an anime original character but I'll, i i've done my manga reread in addition to watching these episodes and yes he is in he is in this portion of the manga uh so he confronts our heroes he's he's got his band of uh as he refers to them knights of tudor but in a very funny sequence uh they're like no bro we're fucking mercenaries <laughs> I, I love that. He's like, you guys are fucking knights of Tudor. Aren't you going to avenge your, your brother Samson? And he's like, uh, not bro, really. we're fucking mercs, man. <laughs> yeah, this is he, we, he signed up for. Uh, I know. Um, I, I love that scene, just where the, the mercs, it's almost like a Quentin Tarantino aside where the mercs are just like, bro, it's like, we don't, we don't give a shit about this dude. <laughs> I would love to see a Tarantino berserk cut. Oh my god, that's what we need to, to see. Um, so yeah, we get a fun fight sequence where uh, Guts, Guts, as as Guts is to do, uh, kills a guy much bigger than him pretty easily um, because uh, Dr. Eggman, he has his brother Samson who is uh, maybe, you know, not the not the most generous depiction of a mentally challenged person. He's he's kind of, you know, a mentally challenged brute. Uh, and he, Did they say he was mentally challenged? He definitely comes across as that. He's not very vocal. I don't think he has any real lines. No. Yeah, well, he, he just kind of grunts. He goes, hur, hur. Uh, Yeah, it, he it, grunts. It <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, <laughs> I, I love how uh, Adon, he refers to Samson as his second strongest man. And I think that's because uh, Adon thinks he himself is the strongest. I think that's his own way of putting himself on a pedestal. It's very possible, especially very considering possible. how he talks about himself in the third person all the time. I know. Fuck. I mean, we, we talk. I mean, Malcolm, you say Griffith sucks. I think fucking a Don or Dr. Eggman, whatever the fuck you want to call him. He's he he he's he also sucks. He also he sucks a lot. He sucks a lot. When I say when I say Griffith sucks, it's that it's not that he's a bad character. It's that I don't like his motives and how he goes about operating. You are not wrong, Malcolm. As uh, I remember on our One Piece episode where you said Sanji was your favorite, and then uh, the following One Piece episode we did, I made you regret that. <laughs> so I, I made you deeply regret saying positive things about Sanji, so you are in the right to, to say Griffith sucks in some ways. Um, anyways, this, this is kind of like a mini-arc where, um, yeah, Guts, Guts and Akasuka, they take down uh, Adon's men, uh, uh, a couple of Adon's men force themselves onto Casca. Thankfully, she kills them. Casca's then saved by Judah. And uh, yeah, Judah basically tells Casca that Griffith specifically ordered him to go find um, 
Guts and Casca because, you know, hey, they're important. And of course, you know, there are two lead characters. <laughs> kind, kind of a big deal. Um, the scene, though, where Casca uh, returns to Gutso and finds him just laying down, uh, you know, his back towards a tree and just a mass of bodies. Fuck, man. That's a great image. It's iconic. I love it, man. It's so goddamn good. And, you know, this show's fucking bloody Malcolm, ain't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm a big fan of like uh, blood and guts and gore and stuff like that. I do like watch a lot of like, you know, bloody horror movies. So uh, I definitely like that. And I'm also kind of glad in this episode that they didn't just go like, if, like, did a whole full rape scene. Like, I'm, I'm glad they, no. just, like, they get to the edge and then they pull back. Um, so. Yeah, uh, very, very appreciative of that. Um, so at, at the end of the sequence, uh, there's a big, big celebration because they've kind of won this major battle. This is this is the moment, Malcolm, when I texted you. I'm like, oh, thank God, these episodes are a lot stronger because the scene with uh, Guts and Casca, uh, you know, watching as they refer to as the bonfire of dreams. Fuck, man, that's good shit. This is this is the meat of Berserk and what I love about this series so much. Where again, you have Guts who who starts off. You think he's kind of, you know, he's the he's the typical cool guy with a big sword, but um, no, he's a dude who's working through a lot of shit, and he's kind of, you know, he's got some self actualization going on. I love this stuff, man. I don't know what do you think about it, Malcolm? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like it's a uh, yeah, it's an interesting kind of dynamic. Like I I think the, the yeah like it's. It's good. I don't know. I don't have as much to say. I'll, just, I'll, I'll give, Harper, I'll give you, you some more. <laughs> oh, does Harper yeah. have more to say? Yeah, Harper, do you have anything to say about the kind of bonfire of dream scene? It's pretty long. I, I also took a lot of quotes if you want me to uh, jog it for you. Uh, you're talking about the scene about the camp where, where Guts is like nursing his wounds and uh, yeah, exactly. medicine and stuff. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes in the show, uh, in the, at least the OVA, where uh, he he's sitting over there and there's a very beautiful painted illustration of the hawks camp you know it's talking about just very like intimate things to the characters the animation is is really just classic i've been pining for stuff exactly like this too so this hit home for me and um it, it's where i think guts alludes to his desire to chase his own dreams you know which would mean that he has to leave the Hawks. Yeah, it's that first kernel of like, oh, he's he's got to go on his own journey. Very significant yeah. scene. Yeah, and Malcolm, we meet Harper already. Not Harper, me and Harper were kind of trying to surround that when, um, you know, God's first in his career to say, you know, for someone to be as equal, they have to have their own dream. And it's here where God's is really starting to piece it together. Uh, he tells Casca, compared to what you and Griffith are trying to do, Fighting 100 men means nothing. And, you know, he tells her, when I look out there, it's like each of those lights uh, contains tiny dreams and hope. Like a bonfire of dreams. And uh, this, this is what I got from the manga. I can't, for, I can't remember if it was in the anime, because, again, I read both. I read and watched both. Um, but, he, but he says, maybe they've brought all their little individual flames together. You could toss them into one blazing inferno. Uh, referring to... Referring to everyone's bond with Griffith. Griffith is the blazing inferno that everyone's put their hopes and dreams into. It's a really beautiful scene. It's a really, like I said, it's an interesting 
scene in that it like I like these yeah these character moments these like quiet it's like because it's a quieter moment in the show like in terms of just like him and Casca talking like looking over the village um, yeah um, if it's, it's necessary the only thing that did kind of make me laugh is the like the absurdity of the sword there are a couple of ways like it's drawn where where it's like they really like don't hide how big that sword is I mean, that's the point. Guts, Guts likes big swords, and he'll get bigger swords in the series. You know? He's the no, big I sword know. guy. I know. He's, yeah. <laughs> that's his thing. Big he's sword, the black, he, he's, des- he's destined to become the Black Swordsman. Uh, there's another great quote. I, I wrote a really long monologue. I'm just going to get a meat of it. Uh, he says, I don't want to die. That is the only reason I keep fighting. There's nothing to save myself for or give myself to. I fight because I know nothing else. Once I was willing to do just that, to commit myself to fighting and let anyone else find a reason for me. Man, again, this is what Guts has been through his entire life. He's trying to fucking process the shit together. And he's kind of gained. It's like, I gotta find my own dream, my own reason to, to keep fighting. You know, he tells Kasuke he's gonna, you know, do this 180 Griffith, and then that's kind of it. He, he does give Griffith a bit more help uh, later on. But yeah, he's. Again, what, what I love about this is we're getting into stuff further down the road, but Griffith's gonna regret Guts becoming his own man. So, were we ready to move on? Well enough. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. The battle for Doldry is here. Um, we learned from uh, Casca that the pederist whom Griffith sold himself to is now a high-ranking governor. This is truly the worst fucking character in the show. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah, he's up there. He's up there. Well, yeah, again, where we're at so far. Berserk I mean. is, a, is a tapestry, a beautiful, very long, <laughs> winding rug sewn of, of terrible people. Yeah. Every, every I mean, thread is a bad person. He is a, he is, <laughs> he is a pedophile governor general, so I think that's pretty yeah, high. Yeah, that's pretty this. high up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. He's up there. Like, yeah, yeah. Is he the worst? Literal uh, demon, pederast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. It's and like again, that SNL sketch where it's like you know, it's like you. It was the where they're like, it's like uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's uh, hosting. He plays this guy, and it's like oh, they're like evil machines, and then he makes a child molesting robot, <laughs> and they're like, whoa, 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 that's too extreme. Like that's too much. I'm like, it's an evil competition. I feel like this is one of those like that, that thing of like this Lord is that where they're like he's a he's he molester, he molests, um, but is he the most okay. evil? He looks exactly he's, like you would expect him to. He does exactly. He's got that like the ball. He's got long bald, right? He's he's got yeah. long hair but bald on the top, which is that's a that's a choice. He he's such he's such a, you know a pederast, disgusting piece of shit that he will literally uh, risk the war. Uh, just so he could, you know, have Griffith to himself again. And he, he's twisted himself into thinking him and Griffith even had, like, a thing, whatever you want to fucking call that. Yeah, that scene was uh, particularly interesting. I, I don't think that it was very satisfying, but I don't think it was very much meant to be, uh, like, a complete sating of your your curiosity for what would happen to that uh, terrible, terrible person. Who is, I th- by the way, in, in Berserk, you can always tell someone's a particularly bad guy because they're caricatures usually, right? Like, this man yeah. is absurdly European looking. 
like his facial characteristics like the end of his nose looks like an orange and he's got like uh, like raisin dried skin in a forward brow and stuff but if if they want to depict someone as being like a particularly sneaky person they go with a completely different stereotype like they do later on yeah, yeah i mean we have we have the short uh egg-headed guy uh foss uh he, he's another bastard um but yeah, uh, the, the governor general, the governor pederast, whatever you want to fucking call him. Yeah, he's constantly telling his men, don't harm Griffith, leave him alive, leave him alive, he's mine. And uh, when him and Griffith have their confrontation, again, the thing about this series, and again, what I like about it is, you know, again, Gr- Griffith sucks. I'm not going to defend Griffith too much. But in this, very, in this specific case, um, Griffith is definitely preferable to the Pederist governor. Uh, and the speech he gives to the guy, he's like, hey, Griffith, come on, come on, buddy. We're, you know, you're, you know, he twists himself into thinking that they're lovers. And Griffith tells him this. He says, I do not resent you, Your Excellency. However, it would be beyond reason to say I yearned for you. I simply have no emotional interest in you at all. Resentment, endearment, nothing. I just took the liberty of using you and the opportunity appeared. You were like a stone lying by the side of the path I walk and nothing more. I mean, come the fuck on. That's a great way to end that. It was good. I just wish he would have killed him too. Yeah. Didn't kill him? I thought he killed him. No, he points his sword at him and the guy's just left there crouching in the dirt. Oh, fuck. I thought he killed him. Maybe in the manga he did. I don't remember that part. Uh, no. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't think he... Yeah, I think he point. Maybe it's implied that's a kill, but I... I think he kind of leaves them there. That's like kind of withering. Like you kind of expect him to be like, you know, having pissed himself, and he's just like left there. And it's, we don't, we don't see dirt. him again, do we? No. no. Oh, okay, so I, I think it's, it's safe to say he's a, dead. Right, sure. I mean, he seems like a pretty weak guy too. I'm sure even just that one, you know, him that one pierce one is probably enough to do him in. I don't know. That's how I read it. I never read it as him being yeah. alive. That's fair. It's an implied. Uh, yeah. Death. At it's the very least. Murder. Casca in this in this whole battle for Doldry thing, she's the one who finally gets to take down Adon. Uh, thank fucking God Adon is gone from the series. I I enjoyed him initially, <laughs> and as I did my rewatch, he he gladly overstayed his welcome. Um, yeah, th- this this moment with Casca, Casca and Adon reminds me of that scene in the Lord of the Rings. Um, I think it's Eowyn, and she you know it's like the Witch King or whatever, and he's like, no man can kill me. And uh, she's like, yeah, but what about a woman? Um, that felt kind of like, like that to me. I don't know about you guys. I like, uh, I like Adon. I don't care. I love cheesy <laughs> villains. I, I think he's a scumbag, but th- he's an endearing scumbag, especially yeah. in the scene where they're taking the castle and he's like groveling to Casket for, for mercy. And then he like very sneakily shoots her with a poison dart that makes her body go numb. Uh I, I don't know. He, he's a dirtbag and a scoundrel and obviously elevated way in over his head in his post. But he's also voiced by Dr. Eggman, which is... Yeah, that really takes it to another level. That yeah. takes him to another level, <laughs> absolutely. If he was voiced by anyone else, he, he would have overstayed as well. Welcome even longer. But I think, yeah, oh, yeah. the fact that it's Dr. Eggman voicing him, just it's, it's pretty fucking fun. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit upsetting that that voice actor doesn't have as much range as you would like him to. He's literally just playing Eggman here. I'm but, sure he's very happy with the money he's made. Yes, I 
I don't doubt that, and I suspect. <laughs> well, it's he's like made he, you know, he, he like he's the uh, the Patton Oswald of, uh, or the John the John Benjamin. He's got one voice that works for everything. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. The H John Benjamin, where it's just like it's the same voice no matter what character he's doing. Is Ar- Archer and Bob are the same voice? <laughs> um, yeah. Meanwhile, Guts, he's the one who, of course, you know, gets to take down the leader of the Purple Rhino Knights. Um, he get he does lose his sword in the battle, but thankfully, uh, thanks to a save from our old pal uh, uh, Nosferatu Zod, he gets an even bigger sword. So um, Nos- yeah, I, I gotta say I love yeah. I know in the first the first time we covered this, yeah, I think Nosferatu Zod was my uh, speed wagon, so it was nice to see him again. Nice to see him again, and you know what? He's up and out the good guys. So hey, maybe there's more to him, Whoa. or at least you know, <laughs> he's got he's got an ulterior motive to help. Uh, Guts, at the very yeah. least. I wonder if this has anything to do with the demon Calabula hanging around Griffith's neck. <laughs> yes, I'm yeah, sure it's got... I wonder, I wonder. I'm sure it has absolutely nothing uh, to do with that. Yeah, so, Anyways. You know, is a very non-sequitur writer. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, the Battle of Daldry is won. I don't know if there's any more thoughts you guys have on the Battle of Daldry, or are we ready to move on? I can move on. Yeah, yeah let's on. move on to the good shit. Because oh, actually... The, the, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Just real quick. No, do it. There is a scene where uh, Guts is fighting the commander of the Purple Rhino Knights, which is an awesome name, I, I think. Uh, and <laughs> he takes the sword from Nosferatu Zod and cuts off the commander's head as well as his horse's head. And uh, I just think that's fucking cool. Oh, I mean, you know, Berserk does violence well. There's, there's many moments of good fucking violence in this series. It's always and, a uh, too. Oh, and it. I mean, you know, if you really want the best violence, you gotta read the manga. Like I said, this this the manga opens up with with guts having sex with that demon lady and cutting her head off. So, you know, it set the bar high already. Um, but these last three episodes, Malcolm, I think you could tell when you were watching. Th- this was what I was waiting for to discuss, right? Yeah, this is yeah. I I kind of had a feeling as it was starting as it was happening. I was like, okay. All right. This, I see why. This, I see why we're covering more episodes this week. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of the the post battle for Doldry, uh, victory march, victory arc, whatever you want to call it. Um, Griffith is Griffith is you know making his way up. Him him and the band of the hawk, they get promoted to White Phoenix General and White Phoenix Knights, and they're they're made nobles. Again, we had purple Rhino Knights. Now we have White Phoenix. Uh, great fucking you know names. Yeah. Power Rangers Association, you know. I love it. Um, there's some fun table. moments during during yeah. the victory parade because you see that Casca has women fangirling over her. Casca's a cool design, just just universally yeah. a cool design, and uh, yeah. it, it's a shame. Yeah, what's no, that shame? Well, oh, never mind. He was a gay gay oh, to spoil the game yeah. to spoil Ooh, the territory. I, I, had to, I had to stop myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, as uh, if I, as, as if, yeah, as if I, I can't predict some things. Um, Malcolm, did, well, did you know Berserk is a tragedy? Did you know bad things happen in this series? <laughs> oh, I, I thought this was a, I thought this was a happy show. I thought this was the, uh, I thought this was Teletubbies. Uh, well, unfortunately, you know, Malcolm, it's not just that she dies; she she does it. That's the worst part. 
No, no. Oh, okay, now you're getting a bit. Now I'm like, okay, now too much. Um, uh, lots of bad things now, happen. Now everyone. It's too much. <laughs> lots of bad things happen to a lot of people. Um, I love, I love the drip in these in these three episodes. Uh, <laughs> oh come on, you didn't Cor- bro, Corcus, Cor- uh, Malcolm Corcus. He's kind of the douchebag uh, member of the band of the Hawk. He's with his like blue getup. It's like a uh, fuck. What would you call that hat of his? Um, oh no. I- it's hard. I'm it's just like, to, like this, like I'm pointy, to go pointy ass. To, it's like this point. pointy, pointy ass hat. You know those fucking buccaneer hats, almost. You know. Yeah, mm. I, it's hard to um, say. I'm not a guy who wears a lot of hats, so he's um, wearing. He, you know, he he's wearing gaudy blue outfit. You know, Corcus is the guy who's just you know here for for beer and women. Uh, we do get a bit. M- the closest thing you could get to development we get for Corcus in these three episodes. Uh, you know, then you have little Rickert who's. You know, Know, just kind of all naive judah who's just kind of chill about everything and then yeah casca who you know again casca very very beautiful woman but in this these episodes is is you know dressed as guts would refer to as ladylike uh and she's dressed in a way that guts is just not yeah. used to seeing her and i love that yeah she's uh she's our uh tomboy queen tomboy queen and i just love how you know both her and guts are so uncomfortable with this look for her uh you know she she punches guts when he says he's like oh i didn't know you like to wear and then she kind of interrupts him and punches him um this is where we get you know a lot of kind of cute flirting with them um and again the the guts costco relationship is so damn good in this series i think malcolm like you know again we're big cowboy bebop fans this is the stuff that cowboy bebop just was not they you know, the character relationships between Guts and Faye were strong enough that they could have gone that direction, but it just wasn't um, in the interest of the creator. But yeah, this this series takes that relationship a bit further, which I love so much. I don't know about you. What are your thoughts? I'm just kind of mumbling. I just really love their relationship. Um, I love how it develops. You know, they can actually finally like be people together and they're starting to open up. Yeah. Uh, it's a yeah it's a, it's, it's a developing of, a, of an actual relationship where it's like for and especially it's that thing of you like you wish Casca would figure it out that like hey stop being so loyal to Griffith Griffith isn't a good person and Griffith is going to like o- is only there to use you so you know he can get what he wants um which is um you know uh, absolute power I believe um you know, and like he'll toss, you know, he's going to toss her aside the moment he needs to. Like, and, and you know, there's Guts who's there. Um, they clearly have a lot in common. They're both sort of these like outsider figures. You don't really belong with the Hawks, but they're like, you know, kind of been thrust into leadership positions. You know, they're kind of like in and out. And yet, like, you know, there's clearly a bond. They survived a battle together. Like, you know, Guts literally saved her from being raped. <laughs> Um, you know, there, there's almost that trauma bonding. Um, and yet, uh, you know, it's just like these, like these other things that are stopping that from happening. Um, so I don't know. That's where it gets interesting. Yeah. Uh, Just a quick word. Um, in this particular production, the development of Casca and Guts's relationship, uh, it seems a little quick to me. Um, I don't remember it being that way when I read it, but it, it seems like over the course of three episodes, they go from like a, a bitter rival sort of thing to a 
immediately like very good friends who talk to each other. So maybe I'm sort of leaning towards Robert's camp on that one issue, but I uh, I can't excuse the the disrespect he's shown the rest of it. And I'll have to speak <laughs> with him privately. Uh oh, the Americans are agreeing on something. Uh... Um, yeah, no, I know. I again, I think for one thing, you gotta remember, Casca and, and Guts have been together for three years. So I think even like the the not so great things that Guts is saying. Um, in these earlier episodes, more is just due to his general frustration with the situation. But again, they've been they've been together for three years. They clearly have a relationship that's you know has a bit of depth. And now that this big battle is over, they kind of finally have time to just breathe and just you know be people for a moment. And also, you know, things are fucking looking up. They're getting promoted. Griffith has got what he fucking wants, seemingly. Uh, yeah, seemingly because this episode ends with uh, him being poisoned. Uh, dun dun dun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, Griffith, Griffith. It turns out over the course of the you know this three year campaign working with um, the King of Midland, uh, pissed some people off, including uh, the King's own Queen. And yeah, they, again, it's kind of the fuck. Uh, to bring up a Marn example, it's kind of you know. <laughs> Oh, no, Griffith, do Griffith, Griffith is the Princess Diana. Oh my of, god. Oh god. <laughs> Griffith is the Princess Diana of uh the royal family. He's you know, he's and you know, hey, he 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 does show interest towards a member of, you know, Midland's royal family, so there is that. You know, yeah. he's he's the commoner, and hey, guess what? The queen and some others are basically like, who the fuck is this person? Why are they, you know, coming in on this territory, you know. Griffith, uh, as as we've discussed, has some not so great qualities, but you know he is a self made man. He has done a lot of things. Uh, he's you know put himself at you know the mercy of some pretty terrible people to achieve his dream, and you know uh, some people aren't uh, too happy about that. So yeah, there is this whole conspiracy to poison him. It seemingly works, and uh, uh, members of that conspiracy, of course, include the queen and also. Uh, Egghead uh, Foss, who had been palling around with Griffith before, and again, Foss is such a fucking idiot. He's like, "How could Griffith have seen through my plot?" It's like, bro, you're the most suspicious fucking person there is. <laughs> Literally, the most suspicious. I mean, I, I didn't even write down what what uh, Griffith says to Foss, but it's like, what? Why would you be surprised that he saw through your plan? It's like, bro. I, I could tell you, he he's literally like, if you want to skip ahead to that part. We could go in sequence if you want. I'm sorry. The step over yeah. bounds here. Uh, I mean, we're kind of talking about it already. Yeah. It's a free talk. Yeah. So he's talking like he's outside the the uh, estate. He's like, well, how did you know that, you know, we were conspiring? And Griffith says something to the effect of, I didn't. I, I looked at you and you, you looked like you were afraid of me. And you being afraid of me meant one of two things that you were either going to beg for my protection or try to destroy me. And he figured out, I guess on a 50-50 coin flip, that he wanted to destroy him. Yeah, Pronounced again. Health. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And of course, he wanted to destroy him, but he was also going to immediately beg for forgiveness when he realized the jig was up. Um, so yeah, Foss ends up locking his co-conspirators inside a building and uh burns them alive 
which again includes the fucking queen because that's how bold griffith is he's willing to kill the goddamn queen uh and he tells the queen you know death on the battlefield comes regardless of class the loser must die again griffith man griffith with the fucking uh ko's yeah griffith's got some good lines here he does man he knows how to fucking dot his eyes and cross his t's um because yeah he had these bandits uh kidnap foss's daughter and then guts immediately kills them but uh i again Griffith again, you know, I, I love his style. He tells Guts to leave the money on their bodies uh, because they've earned it. Just brutal. <laughs> yeah, man. I fucking love it. Um, there's also a fun little line when like Casca is like rushing uh, to, to encounter uh, Guts and Griffith. And like at one point, uh, uh, who is it? It's like Judah, Judah and uh, Corcus are hanging out. And then, uh, Corcus says, uh, where's she going? They can't. And then uh, Corcus is like, oh, yeah, she's a woman. They must be going to the bathroom. They can't go anywhere like we can. <laughs> the freedom of being a man. The freedom of being a man. Um, yeah. Never heard of the squat technique. Yeah. And this episode ends with guts. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode ends with Cos- uh, with Guts telling Casca, I can't live under the weight of his dream any longer. I am buried by it. And um, yeah, episode 19, man. This is the shit we've been fucking waiting for. Guts finally just coming to terms with himself and realizing, hey, I've got to make a decision. I have to leave the band of the Hawk. Um, Malcolm, what do you think of the conference? The- I wouldn't say final, but this, you know, seemingly final confrontation between Guts and uh, Griffith. I think it's so fucking well done. It's great. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's a great, like, it's a, just a really well animated sequence. Like, I feel like, you know, you just kind of, you feel like the years of resentment kind of building up. Um, and just like, you know, and just like the the snow. Like, I love the snow. Yeah. Like, I for whatever reason, like, I... I was just like more engaged once it's like the change seasons. Yeah, I love like, it. Just something because you don't see that a lot. I feel like I mean, it's a lot of it's like budget wise, where it's like oh, we don't want to just deal with all this snow. But it was like something really fascinated by like it's in the cold, and yet they're having this heated battle. Um, that it's yeah, just and then there's like all these onlookers, and it's all about like guts his freedom and the sword chips, and you're like, god damn it. Yeah, so I'm gonna read. The, I'm gonna read this entire speech for the manga. But basically, um, when guts got, when guts, fuck, I said guts. Got, that's that's the <laughs> ship. That's that's the ship. That's how they ship guts and Casca. Uh, because, because I realized I was jumping ahead because there actually is some good stuff with guts, Casca, Corcus, and uh, Judah. But he's talking to them and he tells them, "When I first killed a man, I was a kid who didn't know right from left. I haven't learned any. I haven't learned anything off the battlefield since then, and I haven't." yet tried to learn. Killing to survive. There was nothing else I could do. That was everything. But it was all right if one person, anyone, looked my way. But wandering the battlefields made me realize that wouldn't do me any good in trying to survive. It was just something of a childish complaint. Even so, incidentally, I found someone I really wanted to have look at me. He didn't have anything. He was trying to take hold of everything. No. Something about him made you think it could happen. But in order for him to aim so high, he has to always hone himself to the very limit. That's why there's no room at his side for the weak. 
But strangely, the more clear that becomes, the more dazzling he is in my eyes. And I've had enough looking up at him from inside his dream. I want to stand by him by attaining something of my own. He's the only one I can't stand looking down on me. And I fucking love this because it's Guts understanding exactly what Griffith said way back, way back when, when he said, you know, uh, for, for anyone to be his equal, they must have his own dream. And ironically, it fucking collides with Griffith actually wants. Yeah. It's he doesn't just, really yeah. want an equal. No, Griffith doesn't fucking want an equal. He's too immature for that. And, you know, again, it, and, you know, Griffith's own response after, the, after what's effectively their breakup. Uh, again, I don't want to jump ahead, but, you know, I kind of already have it on the tip of my mind. I, fuck it, I'll say it right now. Yeah, when G- Griffith's reaction um, after their breakup is to fucking have sex with someone. I love it. It's like having, you know... Again, it's like breaking up with, with uh, someone and having a, a one-night stand immediately because you're just so fucking depressed. Well, I mean, he was his, his right hand. You yeah, could argue yeah. that without Guts, Griffith is significantly less powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's a fair, that's a fair argument to make. Like, I feel like... Yeah, like, it's a lot of Guts... Or, yeah, Griffith's plan was, you know, kind of revolved slash used Guts there to, like... To be like the, I guess the muscle. He was the muscle. Yeah. And if he, he doesn't was, have the muscle, it's sort of like, uh oh, now I'm stuck with all these tendons. He was the muscle, but I do also think Griffith does think of Guts as like a deep friend. I think, you know, Griffith's own ambitions, they, they contradict with that. And what you see in these episodes is, is Griffith kind of losing it because he is this kind of master planner. But like Robert said, his dream is very childish. He wants to make, you know, the world his own. He feels, you know, it's it's his dream to kind of, you know, be on top. And yet he has his own kind of emotional issues that are going to, you know, uh, collide with that. And yeah, when he loses guts, uh, that's everything for him. Uh, but yeah, and so when when they have this big confrontation, of course, you know, guts guts is ready to leave. Griffith shows himself, and you know, Costco herself doesn't want Guts to fucking leave. She wants everything to be the same as it's always been. Uh, and, you know, we, we have this confrontation and, you know, we, Griffith, he, he's monologuing in his head. He's like, okay, I'll do this one thing. I'll do this, this, and that. And the fight fucking ends in one strike. It's a beautiful yeah. scene as well. I the love rest... it. Oh, go ahead, Malcolm. I'll, I'll yeah, cap I... off here. I was waiting for Malcolm's reaction, but go ahead, Malcolm. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot of pressure for my reaction. <laughs> uh, I know because you're 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 again. You're the one who's watching this for the first time, and don't worry, I can edit pauses out. Yeah, no, I think this is it's a yeah, it's a it's a nice like kind of conc- it's not a conclusion because we have more episodes, but it's a nice it's a mo it's a nice moment. Like it's a nice it's, and nice is not the right word. I'm trying to like think of a better word for it. Uh, it's a real um, it's it's a culmination of what these two have you know. Yeah, yeah, it's that thing of like it's like two it's two forces finally like that have been traveling for you know thousands of miles and they finally meet. It's that you know it's that impact, you know, it's that in the reverberation of like basically two equals. Um but one's just a little stronger than the other. Well, I would I would argue much stronger because, again, here's the fucking thing. You know, when when Griffith first had his confrontation with Guts, when when Griffith effectively won Guts, 
uh, you know, he beat his ass pretty easily. He was the guy with the strategy, you know, guts with just, you know, pure unbridled rage. And, you know, he was fighting against someone with far more technique with him. But in the last three years, Griffith got fucking weak. He was, you know, hobnobbing with politicians, being a noble, you know, doing, doing his own thing uh, and, you know, playing the politics game. And, you know, Guts was fucking killing thousands of dudes. That's got to count for something, you know? No, like, that's the whole thing. You know, Guts, you know, Griffith, again, always thought of himself as, you know, he was the leader. He was above Guts. He had technique. Even if he was, you know, taking it easy, he could still take down Guts. But no, he wasn't fucking working at it. He was doing, he was playing a different game. And, you know, Guts is like, bro, I'm cutting your sword down in one strike. You're done. True. Yeah. Again, I, th- I think, you know, it shows you how much Guts has grown. You know, he's achieved this self-actualization. And yeah, he just walks the fuck away. And also in the lead up to it, you know, Griffith is like thinking, oh, I don't want to kill Guts. It's like, you know, he, he thinks that's even like a, a possibility considering, considering how much stronger Guts has gotten in the past three years. Again, you know. You know, and, I, and I've experienced this in my life of like, especially the pandemic, I feel like it's like when people uh, have like, you know, you, you feel like you've, you're talking, you're seeing someone or you've seen someone for a long time, like every day or like every, you know, a few times a week, like an old coworker, and then you don't see them for a little while. And then you finally like meet, the, you know, you meet up with them again. Uh, and it feels like both like no time has passed. Because you're like, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, like, it feels like we were just hanging out, like, the other week. And then, um, but then it's, like, mixed with uh, that realization uh, that, like, oh, um, there has been this time past that we have both changed. And in Guts's case, it's that he's, you know, become stronger and kind of become more um, of will mind, if that makes sense. Like, um, yeah. in terms of wanting determined to like go do his own thing yeah he knows exactly what he wants and again i keep saying self-actualization but that's kind of the theme of this batch of episodes which is yeah guts finally becoming his own person yeah griffith griffith kind of you know maybe he doesn't know exactly what he wants now and yeah so guts he walks away doesn't even fucking mince words and yeah griffith goes up to princess charlotte has sex with her and is then confronted by a bunch of soldiers and uh, is like, oh shit, I didn't get a new sword. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Yeah. Uh, and that's how Griffith, this, uh, yeah. Griffith has fucked up. And again, I love it. We've seen Griffith as this calculating dude. And yeah, in, the, in this final episode, he fucking loses it all. And uh, without, without spoiling much, uh, you know, we're going to be descending into hell. Uh, for this final batch of episodes, wouldn't you say, Harper? Absolutely. This is the downward spiral. And this it, is... it is a glorious descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems do good. We, that, that seems do we want to get... Do we have any more thoughts on this, uh, this final episode, Harper? Or do you want to get into Speedwagon? <laughs> uh, this final episode <laughs> is, is really good. Um, on a technical point of view, there's a, a kind of shot that's my one of my favorite action shots of all time. It's a close-up of the character's face with rush lines on it. And uh, it's exactly the scene that plays out when the counterattack is launched by Guts and Griffith's sword shatters. And you see the intense, you know, the will to kill on Guts' face. 
and it's just stopped short. And he takes his fucking leave like the biggest boss with the hugest set of nuts in the world. I love it. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what their next confrontation is like in this, uh, this next batch. Um, yeah, let's get into who is the Speedway again. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Um, again, Malcolm, this is kind of harder for you and me because we've watched three weeks of this. Every character is kind of, you know... Again, were there any new characters even introduced in this? I mean, maybe the queen. I think she was the queen. Kind of... The queen, yeah, the queen's new. The queen's new. Uh, my speed wagon is going to be Judah. I I like Judah. He's a good guy. He gets some fun stuff. Him him at the tavern with um, guts, Casca, and Corcus is nice. You also kind of see that you know Judah has a bit of a crush on Casca. Uh, but he kind of is like, you know, he's, he's the third wheel. He's like, no, Guts, you, you kind of go towards her. Judah's a nice guy. Judah's a nice guy. Corcus is also kind of funny. Um, yeah, he's got good drip. He's definitely the best dressed with that fucking gaudy blue suit of his. For me, it's Corcus. All right. Do you have, do you have any more specific thoughts on Corcus Harper or just, it's just the drip? (laughs) (laughs) what else does a supported character need in the end yeah exactly Um, yeah just like uh, in general the 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 other hawks don't play as significant a role you know but uh there's this one scene he's in Uh, i think it's i'm trying to remember if it's episode 18 or not um yeah, he, he it must have been 18 when he's talking about leaving the Hawks. And Corcus is at the table and he he's like violently upset at guts for uh I think he says he's acting like a woman. He's not satisfied with uh not satisfied with Griffith's scraps and that he's like petulantly whining like some sort of kid trying to pursue something that he'll never obtain. He'll never be on the same level as Griffith. And then literally an episode later, he surpasses him in a manner of speaking and escapes that pressure of the dream that everyone else is just buried by. Yeah. Well put. Uh, Malcolm, what about you? Is there a speed wagon? Uh, I think I'm, I'm with a Harper here. Uh, I yeah, gotta go with, it's Corcus. I gotta go with, yeah, it's Corcus. I gotta go with the drip God. Um, you know, <laughs> Uh, he's, okay, he was the most stylish. It's hard because this show doesn't lend itself it to doesn't. having a lot of side like characters that pop in. Like I think it like like if I'm thinking about like Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop's like an episodic show, and thus like you can have like you know you have these characters that just pop in for an episode and then leave. Um, and you know this one is serialized, and because yeah. of that, you know it's limiting that way. But in that regard, it also is like. You know, I'm trying to also judge it by based on the batch that we watched rather than like the whole thing at times. And so that's why I'm going with him. Like it was because like, yeah, I was kind of having a hard time. Like when I was watching, I was like, what, who is the Speedwagon? Like there isn't there wasn't like an obvious one. 
Dawn, Dawn was mine, uh, I think, the previous week or something like that. But, you know, Dawn, Dawn overstayed his welcome for me this time. But yeah, I, I think Corcus, the Drip God, is the unanimous speedwagon of this batch. Um, final thoughts on, on week three of four of Berserk. Um, yeah, like I said, this was kind of the week I had been waiting for. I, I think the, conf- the final, well, not final, but this con- confrontation between Guts and Griffith is just phenomenal. It's so, so important to the core of the series. And uh, yeah, we're <laughs> now, now some things are going to happen. And again, I, I can't say much. Malcolm's already had a lot suggested to him, but I don't think Malcolm knows what exactly he's getting in for in the final week. <laughs> yeah. All, but, I, all but, I know is that he, that he may or may not, descend into hell <laughs> yeah um we'll see malcolm what do you think of this batch uh, this one's a stronger batch than the last batch i will give it that you know i think this the last batch is you know is a lot of setting up for this batch uh i think the, the last three episodes in particular like the fight like once they kind of get out of the like that you know that sort of that battle and they get back to town and you kind of see like the parade and like you know the how Griffiths is operating and like, Oh, you know, the monarchy and that stuff. Like it got me a little more interested because there was definitely a period. And especially in the last batch where I was very much team Robert, where it was a low, like I was just like, what am I doing? Like, what are we, why are we oh, covering even, this? Even me? I'm just like, Oh shit. I didn't realize that there was this much filler, but again, here in this batch, I think, you know, the bonfire of dream this b- scene is fantastic. Yeah, this batch doesn't have any filler, in my opinion. Not, not really. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, outside of, outside of like, and this is not even filler, but like, and this is more of an animated, like, you know, stylistic choice of like, you know, certain scenes where it's like, oh, it's supposed to be a battle scene, but we just kind of see one image and a bunch of noise. Um, that like the image looks like it was ripped from the manga itself and just plastered yeah. onto our screen. Like uh, I said, this 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 uh, adaptation had a very limited budget, and you know we could have covered the movie adaptation. Actually, I should bring this up now. A little too late already. Um, the movie adaptation, uh, uh, the Berserk Golden Age movie trilogy, completely cuts out um, Griffith's uh, murder of the conspirators. They're completely absent from it, which is why it's a fucking borderline incoherent uh, adaptation. Because <laughs> it's pretty fucking important. It just goes from like you know. Guts uh, leading them, and then uh, Griffith uh, having sex with Charlotte. Yeah, you, you'll get a faint mention probably of like the queen dying. Someone yeah. set fire to her, you know. Yeah, that, my God, the, the queen! Way. She said, "How timely, by the way, that we're recording this." And yes, that's yeah, yeah. the Dude, queen even... just died. I, I was gonna, say, I wanted to make bring that up, but we didn't like talk about the queen. Uh, yeah, she sucks. Like, <laughs> like her body like, is the, not like, even the, cold, Jack. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, again, I did refer to Griffith as the Princess Diana of the of of That's Midlands. true. I was like, yeah, I wanted to, yeah. We kind of moved away from it before I could, like, yeah, make some jokes. I, I did a show last night, uh, like the night before we recorded this episode, uh, and I did make a Queen Elizabeth joke, and it was a very like I was on uh, Main Street, which is supposed to be a more like. You know, you think it's a more left-leaning crowd, but this one was like very much down the middle. I did at one point I did a scene in which I I said I've been playing this like bro character. It's like an improv show, and I go like I'm just having a cold one with the boys, and I hear someone in the uh, front row just go, <laughs> which is uh, not fun to hear. But uh, what did they actually, say? Well, part? what did they say? They go ugh. Oh, they just they oh. just grunt. <laughs> 
that's not good. I go like, yeah, I'm having a cold one with the boys. And then they go, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, shut the fuck up. And there was a lot of laughs. It was the thing what made it worse was that there was laughs for from it, and then I heard that on top of it, which was just like great. Um, which I guess, yeah, I got the point. But then I also made a Queen Elizabeth joke, and that really that really divided the room, um, uh, which I was surprised it's, by. <laughs> this is Canada. Canada. Canada's got a, we've got a mixed feelings about this. We are, uh, you know, Lizzie doesn't. Uh, uh, you know, has there's mixed feelings here. Oh, yeah, I, I I I did not make any public statements. I just shared memes with friends. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw there's a uh, <laughs> someone made a, a one of those fake like white t-shirts with text on it, and just the text goes, uh, "I live tweeted Queen Elizabeth's death on September eighth, two thousand twenty-two." I did. <laughs> I, was, I did. T- Oh, I did tell Malcolm. Actually, this episode will because uh, this this episode is basically airing right away. Uh, I did tell Malcolm I was pissed off that Queen Elizabeth's death uh, may have postponed the Nintendo Direct. Although now I've read from another person, it may have not. So maybe um, tomorrow, after you listen to this episode, there will be a Nintendo Direct. Which, thank God. Oh, thank goodness! Yeah, <laughs> Nintendo. I mean, Direct. Mar- Marvel was bold enough to to you know do their announcements, you know, and I'm sure you know. I don't know. Does the Queen of Wakanda respect Queen Elizabeth? I don't fucking know. <laughs> does Queen of Does Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> did she recognize Wakanda? <laughs> well, that's, that's oh, a question actually, the MCU will never oh, answer. Actually, no. Knowing Queen Elizabeth, she definitely would not respect Wakanda. Wakanda. No, no she would be. Like, she would have been like, "Oh fuck, no." You, I'm not seeing with y'all. That's not true, Jack. That's not true. <laughs> she would have very much pretended to have respected Wakanda and then raped and pillaged all their resources right to their yeah. face. Yes. This is what we were waiting for. Um, and I guess USA. Griffith would have... U.S. No. <laughs> you know, U.K. U.K. I was, was going to say oh, Griffith would God. have had sex with the Queen, but then I remembered that... Uh, well, would, have, would Griffith have had sex with Prince William? I don't know. I Maybe. I think he had it. Yeah, he had it. Him. He had that dog in him. <laughs> oh God! Uh, we if thought it, we were wrapping what? up. <laughs> and he would have had he would have had sex with the queen if it meant that he could get to his final goal. He'd have he that and, and, Oh God! Uh, <laughs> what about and Charles? I mean, yeah. I, oh well, Prince Andrew did. Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew would have been the governor general in that case. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Oh Prince and, here's the thing with Prince Andrew. I think Griffith would have been like. You're a little too much for me. <laughs> like he would have pushed him to the side. He'd be like, ah, I don't want to deal with this. All uh, right. Are we are we ready? I know Malcolm, you you got somewhere to be. I think we I think we, you know, fr- backloaded all the, the queen jokes here. Um Harper, do you want to be found or uh can we move on? Go ahead, move on. All right, you can find me at Jack is Jack on Instagram and only real Jack M. On uh, Twitter, where, where you'll see all my likes for all the bad queen jokes. Uh, Malcolm, where can people find you? How's your Twitter doing right now? Uh, a lot of retweets. I really retweeted the, the queen's passing. Really, I'm a, uh, getting onto that meme train, if you will. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Malcolm RJ McLeod on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, I will not be posting reels. Um, I will not be doing that <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, because that's because t- I'm, I'm not on TikTok. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this, uh, if, yeah, feel free to leave a, a like, give us some stars, leave a review uh, at is this anime pod um, like on Twitter, on an Instagram. 
uh, yeah, like and review on Spotify, uh, on Apple. You know, it really helps us, you know, a podcast like us out when you give us uh, some reviews. Really helps it's guided us with, you know, episodes and like what we've watched. So, yeah. And so far, the feedback's been great. So, yeah, just do that. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Do we have any more final thoughts? Berserk is good. I'm excited for Malcolm's reaction, although I'm also going to be dreading. Uh, I cer- Here's my prediction for Berserk, not even involving um, what will happen. I think I think certainly after Malcolm watches these final six episodes, um, Malcolm is going to question why I made him watch the show and be like, seriously, what oh, the without fuck? A without a doubt. That's, <laughs> a, that's a standard response. It's, it's the response we've been waiting for. Also, I, I should point out... Um, Harper, you've watched this adaptation. We are going to add probably the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie adaptation because this adaptation, this anime, uh, ends in the most inconclusive uh, way possible. Would you agree? It literally ends in the middle of a scene. It is a legend. It's a Sopranos tier ending for sure. It's a Sopranos tier ending, but maybe if Malcolm and our uh, listeners want some extra context, I think we will maybe cover um, maybe the last 10 minutes of the movie just because it does continue from that point mm, what are your brutal. thoughts brutal or do we do the <laughs> soprano style i'm really asking you i will edit this part out fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. i'll take soprano style I, um, were, maybe soprano yeah. style sure all right we're gonna do a soprano style you heard it I, here, don't, folks. I, never, I don't hate the ending of the sopranos i actually don't hate, i'm not one of those people who don't like despise it i actually really i enjoyed the audacity of it I applaud uh, it for I, being different. I'll, 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 let, I'll give it to Malcolm. I, I, I love, sorry, the, the one on a side note. I love that, like, David Chase was once on record, like, a couple of years ago, being like, uh, about the Sopranos ending, where it's like, so, like, that ending is the, um, so did, did Tony die? Is that why it ended? And he goes, yep. And he's like, you know, I'm on, you're, we're on record yet. And he goes, you fucking bastard. To <laughs> 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 the reporter. Yeah, I'll leave it to uh, Malcolm. You know what? I'll I'll say this, uh, Malcolm. Maybe maybe watch that final episode. Uh, give it a little more time before you uh, watch it before we record, just so you could be like, do I want to f- want some extra context? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I'll leave it to you. Um, sounds good. Anyways, Malcolm, I'm sure you've got um, one of your and remembers. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. I I like that. Now you just set me up for them rather than I'm just being. Uh organic (laughs) and it's like what else Uh, is there left to do (laughs) uh yeah and remember queen uh rest in peace to the queen herself uh uh, liberace